Welcome to Fund Your Future with DRS. Today we're talking about automating finances, and this is a great topic that applies to budgeting and just general personal finance. Yeah. Good practices. And kind of your life in general. Yeah. Like, like, what, what, what do you want to automate and what don't you want to automate? I got thinking about this because I was watching a documentary on Netflix called Get Smart with Money. And, you know, it's really common advice to automate your savings. Just have it come out of your paycheck before you think about it. And you don't notice that that money is gone and it makes it really easy to save. But they were talking about specifically on the spending side of maybe trying to make things harder to spend money so that you really think consciously about, is this a decision that I want to make versus it automatically happening? They were talking about like picturing a big machine where it's just your normal spending process and you're kind of throwing some sand into the gears and slowing things down and, and, <laughs> and ma making it harder, I think, to think about. So yeah, I don't know. I, I also think a lot about decision fatigue. Like we all have to make so many decisions in our lives. And so in a lot of ways, it's easier to automate those decisions and not think about them and just get payments set up to go automatically or folks who have a wardrobe that's very simple and straightforward. You don't have to choose which shirt you're going to wear. You're always going to pick the blue shirt because you only have five blue shirts or something like that. Yeah. I did this a couple of years ago where I, I was trying to budget and I was doing sort of the one method, which is I set a budget and then you say, okay, whatever I have left over at the end of the month, I'll stick into a savings account. Yes. And then I read this sort of like bucket method, which is basically you you list out, okay, here's my needs of how much I'm going to spend for groceries, rent, electricity, and all that. Mm -hmm. Then the second bucket is your savings. So I started with just like, I'm going to put $100 a month, set up an automation yep. of putting $100 a month into an account for my emergency fund and $50 into an account for like a vacation fund. Yep. And so it's just starting small. And I think that's what I would recommend for people who are thinking about starting to automate their savings is just start with one automation because as we're probably going to talk about a little later, it, it can end up biting you in, in the butt a little <laughs> yeah, bit. <yes. laughs> you, you don't want to yeah. over automate. And then I've, I've had that happen with, with credit card bills. But so I started with, like I said, just like $150 of just these small little transactions. And then after a couple months, I could look back at my budget and see like, okay, great. Now I can see that my savings is growing. I can see that I have a little bit of wiggle room over here in my budget. Maybe I want to put $175 into my emergency fund every month. But it is nice to have that automation because it, I have it set up to come out about the 15th of the month, which mm -hmm. is nice. It's that sort of middle ground between like getting the first paycheck of the month and then having that savings coming out and then my mortgage is due again at the, at the first of the month again. So it's that middle point of the month that I can analyze my budget. That's, that's <laughs> a really, I hadn't even thought about that when I was prepping for the episode was thinking about when you automate, because I've done something very similar with my Roth contributions come out on a payday. So then I don't even really notice the increase, decrease in accounts. But yeah, there are other bills that might make sense to automate at the end of the month or the beginning of the month or the middle of the month. And I think it's one of the things that's interesting with public employers in general is like the state is on a very set pay schedule with 
10th and the 25th, but school districts usually always get paid at the end of the month. And then there are some cities and counties that people get paid every week or every two weeks. And so that's another way your life is automated, where some folks get more random checks because they're able to work overtime or their jobs are seasonal. But in some ways, that automation starts from the very beginning of your income. The money coming in is a, a set amount and kind of at a regular schedule. And so planning your automation around that can be really beneficial or harmful, depending on how (laughs) how you plan it. Yeah, with credit cards. So that was my story with credit card automation, pros and cons. So it can be helpful to set up your credit cards on an automation because I had one where I was only using this credit card for gas, I think, or something. So I didn't have it set up to automate. But then I was forgetting to pay the credit card every month. So then they were charging me these late fees. So that can be a pro to setting up that automation is that they're not going to charge you late fees. But then, of course, you have to make sure you have enough money in your account. So like I said, that would be my advice. Kind of go through and just set up one automation if you're you're starting from scratch and go from there. You can see this automatic payment coming through every month and then maybe automate something else. So I have my mortgage automated, my cell phone bill, my car insurance payments, all those sort of things. Yeah, things that are regular payments are much easier to automate. I actually had a very similar story when I was starting off in life of having, I think, my internet bill on a reoccurring automatic payment to my credit card. And then I I can't remember even exactly what I did. I either canceled the credit card or it expired or something. And I had completely forgot that that internet bill was on that. And I had set up for paperless statements, so I wasn't getting anything about the, the bill coming in. And then I just it didn't get paid. And then my internet got shut off because <laughs> the credit card was no longer in service. So I do think sometimes those sorts of things make people a little bit nervous about automating things. And I, I do think it's also helpful. It can be helpful to see a bill regularly, whether that's once a month or once every six months or once a year, to see if it's changed. That can kind of sometimes be one of the dangers of automation. True. You know, your car insurance went up $200 and you didn't notice it because it was just set to automatically pay out. And that's where you then have to pay more attention to your credit card statements versus actually getting the individual bills. For sure. And I use uh, online money managing system. And so I'll go through sometimes and I can sort it for, you know, just show me the transactions from Comcast. And then I can see all of the transactions for the last year. And I'm like, oh, look, it went up in October. Hmm, maybe, (laughs) (laughs) maybe we should figure something else out. So uh, doing it one small step at a time, because it can be a little bit dangerous and you have to know what you're doing. And the other thing I like to do is either have an Excel sheet or just like a, a notes of what are the things that are automated and what day of the month do they come out? So Mm -hmm. my rent is on the first of the month and my car insurance is like the 10th of the month and my contribution to my Roth IRA is the 15th of the month. And so knowing when those certain things are due can help to see it spread out over the month. And then you kind of know in the back of your head, you're like, okay, the 25th is coming up. This credit card is usually due on the 25th. I imagine that would also be super helpful if you change jobs or lost employment to understand what those cycles look like. I was just thinking from your example, that it could be really 
detrimental to your automation if you went to a job that only paid you once a month. Yeah, definitely. And knowing kind of where those changes are. And I imagine it's similar if you go the other direction as well. If you go from getting paid once a month to getting paid twice a month and realizing like, oh, I've got all this money in the middle of the month I wasn't expecting to have because I had set up all my bills to get paid out at the end of the month or the first of the month. So that's an interesting way to think about how your monthly cycles are interacting, the money coming in and the money going out. Yeah. The other thing I was going to mention is that sometimes companies will give you maybe a a discount with my car insurance company. I believe it's they give me a discount for automating with my checking account instead of a credit card. Mm -hmm. And so that's obviously another thing to consider if the automation is coming directly out of your checking account or from a credit card and knowing where that account is drawing from. That's a really good example as well, why it's important to keep a little bit of buffer sure. in that, whatever accounts are being drawn down from to make sure, or or knowing that if you had a really big purchase or if something changed, you added a second car, and so you now you have a higher insurance cost. Yeah, yeah, because I had that come up where I, I was really drilling down and I was trying to be really good about putting money aside and having that like zero at the end of the month. Yeah. But then it was kind of troublesome as well because then I didn't have enough of a buffer because inevitably there was always something that came up during the month, whether it was an extra doctor's bill or a little bit extra at the grocery store or something like that. So I was like, I really should make sure that I have a bit of more of a buffer in my my checking account. It's almost like a secondary emergency fund, like just knowing that things are going to be a little bit bumpy along the way. And like, I know we were talking before we started recording about keeping track of family members' birthdays and like, when am I going to buy a present? And oftentimes those sorts of things sneak up on us. And then that's just regular spending. It's not like an emergency. Yeah. And it's not something you would necessarily want to dip into what you would deem your emergency account for, but you might need to depending on the circumstances and how much of a buffer you build and how you qualify those different savings buckets. Yeah. I think calendar reminders are one of those good tools of automating. Yeah. So some people choose to use the more traditional method of a paper calendar and you circle the date, but I use my Gmail calendar and it's nice because I can set up reminders. So I say, you know, every month on the 15th, this is when this credit card is due. And so I can see those little reminders coming up. That's a good example. I know that's moved more into adulting, trying to figure out what those things are that you have to remember and keep track of. And one of the things that spurred the thought for this episode was visiting my parents and seeing, you know, they have a reminder on their calendar every three months to replace the furnace filter. And I had forgotten, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's right. I don't have a system for that. And I signed up for a subscription service and have it mailed to me so I don't even have to think about it. But it's like, well, is that really the most efficient? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. I think that's part of the way like you're thinking about all of these things, like how they interact. Like if I spend a dollar or two more on a furnace filter, that's not going to break my budget. But there are things that can have big impact. The The car insurance one's actually a really great example because I've seen where if you pay it once a month, it's more expensive than if you pay it every six months. My cell phone plan is actually like this, where if I pay it once a year, it's less expensive than if I pay it every month. Oh, yeah. I struggle with those because I'm such a budgeting person that I would rather have it once a month because it makes it easier for budgeting that yeah. way. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's tricky. Some of them don't allow you to do that. I subscribe to a, an app that I use as a 
piano lessons Mm -hmm. and they only have the one yearly subscription and so it's like a chunk of change that comes out. And then trying to figure out like how detailed and in-depth do you want to go? Do you want to set aside a certain amount of money every month into a specialized savings account? Ooh, to, yeah. Right? Like that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think that's where I, I like to have the, the wiggle room. Exactly. Exactly. That's where having the wiggle room makes it a little bit easier. But in some ways, that's what you're doing anyway. And yeah. It, yeah. So I find all of this talking to people about how they do this very interesting because everybody's kind of got a different system and it's kind of what you fall into True. as you age and as you have more of these experiences. And it can be different across generations, too, using a paper calendar versus a digital calendar or anything like that. And probably different within households as well. My wife and I split our bills differently. And I was thinking about property tax again because the bill showed up in the mail recently. And my wife opened it up and was like, wait do you pay this or do I pay this? Or do we do we have this automated? <laughs> and so I really like your example of like having more documentation around these sorts of things. It just helps give some visibility to these things that are happening in the background Yeah, that you might not know about or remember. Yeah, I enjoy just documenting it because otherwise I'll forget. Yeah. And I hate getting those surprises in the mail. It's like, oh, shoot, all of a sudden this random bill shows up or there's not as much money in my checking account as I thought that there would be. So yeah. It's nice to have that month breakdown to, to refer back to. Yeah, so I find that sort of thing really lowers my stress level. Yeah. If I can look and go, okay, well, this is how much I paid last year in property tax, or this is how much I paid for car insurance. And like, okay, I know if, if I add all of those numbers together and I keep that kind of as my wiggle room buffer, that can be helpful, especially if I know that most of them are going to hit in one month or what that cycle is as far as what months those bills hit in. Yeah. I'm not sure if we got way off topic or right on topic. (laughs) Right there somewhere in the middle. Yeah, no, that's that's good. Was there anything else you had, uh, Jenny, that you wanted to share? I think think that's probably about it. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate having this conversation. I think this is an important part of budgeting, and it's something to be aware of that it's an option. I think our lives are becoming more automated as things move to online, like a lot of times – you know, a lot of companies won't even accept a check anymore. Yeah. So you do have to have give them a credit card and set up those monthly payments, whether it's things like internet and my phone bill, like they don't even accept a check. So it does have to be automated. So it's just good to be aware that those monthly payments are happening. Yeah. And I think it can become more automated, but it can also become more complicated. And sometimes the complication is good and it gets you to stop and think about what you're spending money on if you still want. I mean, your your piano lesson example is a great one. Like, do you want to continue to do that? Yes, I do. I know that bill is coming and so I'm going to pay for it. I I signed up for some online streaming service that was a once a year bill. And then it showed up the second time. I was like, oh, that's right. I didn't want to keep doing that. And it had already paid. And so trying to keep track of those things can be a challenge and trying to figure out what system works for you, whether that's a spreadsheet or a piece of paper or an app that helps you do it can be really beneficial when you're thinking about your overall total budget. Yeah. And there are a lot of apps even out there that will go through your transactions and say, hey, did you know that you're spending $12 a month for this subscription service? Yeah. And you could say, oh, I had totally forgot that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of the reasons it can be really helpful just like to look at your entire credit card bill for a year and just 
circle or highlight or pull out the, the color markers or whatever and <laughs> you know figure out the things that go together and how how your overall spending picture looks and what's automated and what's what are you making active decisions on yeah yeah do you have a particular credit card that you use for a majority of your spending? Yeah, I pretty much just use one credit card for almost all of my spending. And it's because I really like the rewards on it. And yeah. it's an REI credit card, and that's where I like to shop. And so okay. it's it makes me feel not as bad when I want to buy a new pair of running shoes that I can use my rewards for that. Yeah. Um, my wife is similar, though she has she does a little bit of splitting between two or three cards where like some cards are like you were mentioning earlier for gas or groceries and other cards are for restaurants. And yeah, it always gives me a little bit of stress of like keeping track of like what's for what. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I mean, once again, like everybody kind of has their own system. What, what do you what do you use? I use a PayPal credit card that I use for most of Mm-hmm. our transactions it has good rewards on it yeah. but then I also have Alaska Airlines credit card that I use for mostly I use for that for personal stuff so yeah. it's like if it's something for me it's not necessarily for a household then I can pay for it with that credit card and then that way I can budget a little bit easier for like fun expenses and then I have a Costco credit card that I use mostly for gas yeah we should plan for a future episode maybe to talk about like yes. household finances and different <laughs> different ways to have this conversation. I remember hearing someone say once that like usually within a couple, one person is the spreadsheet person. Like one person <laughs> is the person who's- Or like the, the money person, the yeah. person like managing the finances. Yeah, there's all sorts of different ways folks set that sort of arrangement up. And some of it depends on like kind of how you- have evolved into a relationship. So yeah, we'll pencil that in for a future episode. (laughs) Sounds good. Good to chat with you, Jenny. Thank you, Seth. Bye. Thanks for listening. And now we'd love to hear from you. What topics would you like to hear about? What questions do you have for us? Send an email to drs.podcasts at drs.wa.gov. That's drspodcasts at drs.wa.gov. The Department of Retirement Systems provides this podcast as a public service, but it's neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of DRS policy. References to any specific product or entity do not constitute an endorsement or recommendation. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by DRS employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of DRS or any of its officials.